0: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party where we are all set to talk about not just the Beach Beach episode, but also the beginning of the Boiling Reef arc, which I hope the other arcs aren't sad, but this is definitely my favorite arc title
1: of all time. So. The Boiling Reef! I but love it.
2: Before you came on, Amanda, I was like
3: the boiling beef. We're we're the bear now. What up, yep. Brandon? Yep. Can I tell you? Uh, we got a lot of messages from people who have dyslexia saying the boiling beef. Nice. Nice. <laughs> the roiling beef. Absolutely great title.
1: I also <laughs> love stew. So
4: That's boiling really beef sounds
1: great. It has been an eventful
0: month on the podcast and for Join the Party um, ourselves. So guys, let's hop right into it. We got a lot of great questions from the listeners. Let's begin with, of course, episode 22. This is our skill tree episode. But unlike the previous two, this third one took place adjacent To the hold at the special beach. So, Eric, I know you said you were repairing the vibes um, of the crew and the (laughs) podcast, frankly, which I, for one, really appreciated. No no one did anything wrong. It was just a very serious episode twenty-one. So, where did the uh, where did the inspo come from for this beach episode? Uh, And Patrick specifically asks Eric, hard mode: if you can't say One Piece, what is your favorite beach episode uh, of? other media that's been in your head as you plan this. Mm.
3: I just like the concept of a beach episode. I think it's so funny. In the episode description, I just copied and pasted the first sentence of TV tropes for beach episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was still, like reading it and it's like, this is fan service so that everyone can see the characters in swimsuits. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's what yeah. I did. <laughs> Correct. Fair, fair. Everyone wants to see Umby in his old time bathing costume. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so why... Did I do it? Well, the vibes were bad. The vibes were bad. <laughs> um, Harold was me, and that's that was me doing this. I think the reason I've been thinking about this is that we kind of let stuff sit in campaign two for too long, which never really got resolved, which I think makes more sense in a superhero thing with, like, real people, but since, like, this in my head is, like, an anime, I feel like there needs to be an episode where people cry loudly and just get it out of the way, mm. sure, which sure. would have been addressed sooner. So, So I was kind of thinking about that. I'm like, you know what, let's do this. This is already going to happen because we're gonna do a skill tree episode. So I thought it was perfect. Um, And I thought it was really funny putting Lucky Edie in a bikini top and cargo shorts.
4: It was very good. It was very 2000s of you. You were
0: correct. And specifically, Ganesh Hanna wanted to know, Eric, did you plan to give us a beach day period? Or did you have to come up with that after Small Key Island because we needed cheering
3: up? No, it was after Small Key Island for sure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, regardless, the vibes are going to be rancid. We're doing this anyway. And you're like, no, we just like really came together. We saved everyone. I don't know why we need peach beach dance.
1: No, we, we did it. We did the best we could do. It's fine. It's
3: like we crushed Fully it. Fully weeping.
1: Everything's fine.
3: I, I, I reunited with my the person who saved me and she didn't die at all. So we I don't know die what die
0: Didn't die at all. Uh, Julia Saved Man wants to know how much more invested were you in the beach scene that the last one in the episode than all the rest of us? I picture that interaction being the beginning of Lucky Edie's villain arc against you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't like. Okay, so it was a scene that Eric chose for me, so it wasn't like you know, like I was invested in having a confrontation with Lucky Edie. It just like had to happen, and the fact that I quote-unquote, won that confrontation, I think, made me feel as though Cammy had more permission to say the things that have been on their mind as opposed to yeah. keeping it inside and and letting it fester and stuff like that. So, I, I didn't... I don't think of this as, like, oh, this is the villain arc that is the start of Lucky <laughs> Edie, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it is, but now Eric's laughing at me, so God knows what this is gonna <laughs> end up being. But, like, you know, hasn't everyone wanted to, like, say that to the person who's, like, so full of themselves to be like, hey, maybe stop using our relationship as uh, something that's transactional.
4: For yeah,
1: sure. 100%.
3: Just to do, like, the zoom in on, you know, the meme, the domino meme where you're, like, someone. one pushes over one thing and then it's a (laughs) big thing. Like, this only happened because of the way that everyone rolled all the way back where we met Lucky 80 in the first place and then Brandon thought I was talking about an ice weapon instead of something (laughs) else. (laughs) Or I was talking about an ice weapon and Brandon thought that he personally was cold and he put on a sweatshirt. Yeah, I thought the environment was (laughs) cold. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then Umpy put on a sweatshirt. Like, the only reason why this happened, the reason why I wanted to do a game in this way is that I didn't want to choose this necessarily. This only happened because Julia ended up last and she defaulted to it being me, to having an NPC interaction. So, like, I'm like, oh, okay, Julia, you got the last one. You got something with me. I'm going to give you a a reward because Mm -hmm. I have an idea for you. If you wanted to do something else, but I didn't want to put that pressure on you to be like, oh, no, I gotta, I have to do this and I have to DM it all of a sudden for a game that Eric made up. It was more like that's just the way the game plays. You know, mm-hmm. like the, think about the series of roles that got us to this interaction. And like if this it, it becomes Lucky Edie's villain arc, like think about the series of roles that took us there. If you really zoom in on, on it, it's just actually really crazy. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. And let's zoom in on those mechanics a little bit to continue with the zooming metaphor. Malignant Sloth, who has served up the hottest, freshest question broth, um, says, Eric, what is I
3: forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> in, in the Discord last night, Malignant Sloth was like, ooh, this is some good soup. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you
1: forgot about the broth.
3: broth.'" <laughs>
0: It is only our our third after party with this moniker, so we're we're getting used to it. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it's no the question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon, who's been going on for, you know, more than a year now. She I, she mm-hmm. has
3: a doctorate. It took five yeah. years. Yeah, it's yeah. true, it's
0: true. Uh, all right, so malignant sloth, question broth. Eric, where did the escalation mechanic come from? It seemed like there were more ties than expected, laughing mm-hmm. crying emoji. I do love it though when your mechanics pull in the players who aren't active in the scene. And I gotta say, same.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yes, as I said, this was inspired by this dueling game that was put together by Boy Problems, who you might know from the Lasers and Feelings Hacks, Re Carly, Ray Jepsen. Um, I'd seen this for a really long time. It was coin flipping, but I kind of like that this rock, paper, scissors mechanic is something that I've been really experimenting with and something we've been doing with Campaign through. The mechanics are super simple. It's you play rock, paper, scissors. You got to win two out of three. And if there's a tie, there needs to be an escalation. And then in the moment when I think it was in the first one when I was doing it, it was with, um, me and Amanda, I was like, oh, Julie and Brandon are sitting there. We should have someone else escalate. And I think mm-hmm. that ended up working out really well. Yes, I was not expecting this many ties. That's why we had to put a cap on three escalations. Yes,
1: yeah.
2: There's probably probably more, even more ties with coin flipping. So that's yeah, that's wild.
1: Well, I feel like maybe it I, and correct me if I'm wrong, with the coin flipping mechanic, it's either you pick heads or tails, right? Yes. And then like one person wins, one person doesn't. So it doesn't have a tie mechanic. So Eric in his brilliance added a time mechanic in there for our rock, paper, scissors.
3: Yeah. In the dueling one, since like duels are about either you win or you get reposted, that's what it is for. You're right. So <laughs> I always like addling the middling stuff. And this is just the inspiration from running Monster of the Week.
0: I was going to say, it's been a really good, like, lasting consequence on all of our gameplay and certainly on, on your GMing is that sort of Monster of the Week middling success, middling failure. Yeah. yeah.
3: So that has been really helpful. So, yeah, we added. I, I did have to add that. Yeah. Just because it was different. It's like I did want a winner, but like I like honoring the ramping up of tension. Whenever you think about any time you've played rock, paper, scissors. And and if you're not playing two out of three, then you're hurtful and you should offer more emotion to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the the ramping up of tension when you tie in rock, paper, scissors is so, so hard and so like heart gripping. So I wanted to kind of like honor that by making things even goofier in this in this court of situation.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. And
0: it worked. Yeah. Glass Cat Owl wants to know, did Sill also get to go to the beach? If so, what was he doing?
3: Yeah, oh Sill was there. I like the image that Sill was like in a in sunglasses, like in a bottle. <laughs> Sill put himself back into a bottle. That's his comfort spot. Mm. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant he was like drinking too much, and you went—he was literally in a bottle. That he came from a bottle, and then he—and then he was drinking tequila. I mean, that's so funny. Sill so, finds comfort in being in small enclosed spaces, like a cat, and <laughs> just like a cat. And it was a bottle of Malibu rum that Sill was ind- indulging <laughs> himself with.
1: I also really like the idea that like Sill was in every scene that Harold was in, but, but was pretending to be a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or pretending to, like, nap behind his
0: sunglasses. Yeah, you know, yeah. W-
3: we cut a whole scene where I was doing the Peter Pan dance and that makes sense. watching all that happen. But it-, it-, it turns out I didn't say anything, so it didn't work out well for the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, on reflection, not great for an audio-only medium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, uh, some more piping hot question, Broth. It seemed like part of why Umby left Overstock was because he found politicians and governments to not really be actionable. What has him thinking that Troy might find a different result?
3: I thought this was so interesting that, like, Umbi was like, Troy, it's okay. Let's try to use this for good. You lied, but let's do something with it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think, like, for Umbi, he left Overstock specifically because that parliament or government or Senate, I think it was Senate.
3: Senate, yeah. Um, It it was Space Senate. It was B Space Senate. mm -hmm. B Space Mm -hmm. Senate.
2: Uh, yeah, he left Overstock because the Senate was not actionable or not doing anything. The juncture at which we meet Umby is he's sort of given up on trying to fix the problem. He's sort of like in that phase that we've all gone through of climate change of like, ah, oh, fuck it, we can't do anything anyway. <laughs> so it's much easier when he's in that state to see an opportunity like someone who is not in a democracy to be like, oh, maybe this actually can work because you don't have to come to a consensus you can just like mandate a thing you know Mm -hmm. Uh, which is uh we'll see how that turns out but uh traditionally has not gone well yeah umby
1: says fuck democracy we're going back to monarchy exactly exactly Mm -hmm. what what
3: is the equivalent here of umby throwing bombs at everything this is like using hairspray outside more than you need (laughs) Yes.
1: yes correct
3: (laughs) listen this is not a slight to brandon I'm not sure how far thinking you were during this situation when you were when Umbi was forgiving Troy, but that kind of spurred what we were doing here is like when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do next in the arc. Hey, let's make our way towards the labyrinth, but let's see if there's something else going on. I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a government outpost that Troy can actually use his status on, because it's like we suggested. That. Oh, no, I didn't think about that. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I thought it was super interesting.
2: Yeah, no, it was. I thought you were just like uh, throwing a fun um, quasi conflict obstacle thing on our path.
3: I liked it. It both. It both. It both yeah. things.
0: <laughs> Julia, this one wasn't directed to you, but I think you'll want to take a crack at it. Uh, also from Malignant Sloth*, I'm really curious about the note Aubergine got. There's another character we know named Francois. Is somebody assuming an identity? Did Aubergine get a note meant for someone else's sweetheart? What does Umby slash Brandon think about him? The others? <laughs> I'm directing it to you as the keeper of their relationship with Aubergine. In the yeah, team, because
1: famously in the that's what yeah. happened in that episode. Um- <laughs> and
3: but I mean, we all know Umby has been friends with Aubergine the right. entire time. time. Umby's an interloper.
1: I I don't mean to correct the the keeper of the soup, Malignant Sloth. The keeper um, of the soup. The keeper of the soup. <laughs> the keeper um, of the soup. <laughs> they, they say there's another character named Francois. I think they're thinking of Frambois, which is yeah. uh, our, our dung beetle friend. I think they are both craggish French. I think it's a really interesting uh, like hint towards what Aubergine's past might be I'm also very curious by like aubergine's um, reluctance to investigate this further because they, they're like I am not Francois I am aubergine um, but uh, I think that um, was that a good uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, aubergine I'm impression? like we
3: are all phoning it in 100% we yeah. really are Julia was doing an impression of me doing a French accent exactly. yeah, you exactly. nailed Correct. that You nailed that. So
1: I was doing an impression of aubergine which is Eric doing a French accent <laughs> yep. Yep. yeah 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 yeah, um, but I I simply can't say because I didn't unlock that character arc uh, because I was too busy getting a really cool whip for my sea octopus. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's true. It's true. I don't think anyone who was trying to assume an identity would change their name from Frambois to Francois.
1: <laughs> it's not very clever.
0: Not very far apart. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. So I think uh I think it's just a a, a therapy got to pull on. You know? Yeah,
1: the most curious thing is how this letter got to Aubergine. Yeah, that's the the real like question. Like, who knows Aubergine is here, even if this wasn't sent to quote unquote Francois, who forwarded this letter maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and and knows Aubergine's past, even if Aubergine doesn't know.
0: Yeah. And there is a lot of kind of unexplored tension that we have about what's happening in the separatist colony of the Crags. And we've met several people from there. There are some unresolved you know, tensions coming from it. So I imagine we'll see much more of that throughout the campaign.
2: Can I shoot a prediction out right here, Mm -hmm. right now, today on this after party? Yeah. I think Aubergine is our Napoleon figure and Aubergine has been exiled to the hold.
1: But forgot about it when he almost died drowning, much like Napoleon almost did.
2: Mm -hmm, Exactly.
1: But was saved by a Newfoundland dog. Thank you, sixth grade Julia, for remembering that. You're welcome. Damn.
3: Yeah, an Ari Covert dog pulled aubergine onto <laughs> <laughs> the thing. Yeah, no, it's funny. That would
0: definitely be one of those mop dogs, but with beans instead of little mop handles. Oh, so Yummy.
1: Cute. Yeah,
3: hell yeah.
0: Dude. Are we talking
1: green beans or like out of the shell beans? <laughs> green beans.
2: Ari okay. Yeah, green beans.
1: All
0: right. Cool. So cute. And finally, malignant sloth asked a question that we've gotten a couple of times, and I've been back and forth over whether I wanted to talk about, but I, I am, I mean, I am excited to talk about it today. Um, they ask, one thing I really wanted to ask with all the love in my heart, and I totally get if you don't want to say, is Troy on the arrow ace spectrum? Just all my appreciation for all the LGBTQ plus rep on the show. And yeah, this has been my headcanon since the beginning of the campaign. I do think it's important for people to be able to, you know, make their own headcanons and conclusions um from, you know, our characters and how we represent them on the show but yeah that's something that i that I built into Troy's character and uh, I think it's been really interesting to explore and yeah it's something that i'm uh, I'm happy to keep representing here on the podcast
2: yeah yeah I, it's so it was such a good not not even just like for the representation but just for the character such a good character choice I love it
1: Right. And I think it wasn't something that we discussed like on mic or off mic, Amanda, but it was something that I got the vibe of for a while. So uh, I would commend you. I don't know if commend is the right word, but I really like the way that you're approaching that in Troy. So it, it's been very fun so far.
0: You know, it's just sometimes you come out to your bruvs over and over again via vibes and not words. <laughs> and uh, that is a very relatable queer experience. Uh huh. That's how I do. All right, folks, we got plenty to talk about as we set sail for the boiling reef and the craggish outpost so many questions so many of which revolve around a very symmetrical new fellow that we met (laughs) a through z would like to know eric when the captain was a little shrub was he also precisely square or did he have a rebellious round stage that's
2: incredible what a good question
1: Ooh, or was he various topiary shapes as well like trying different looks uh carving himself into different ways like a star yeah
3: God, imagine your teenage rebellion was like, Mom, Dad, I look like on a giraffe right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so much
1: more severe than purple hair. Yeah. I love that.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, that's tight as hell. I like that. Accepted. <laughs> yeah,
1: Accepted. Canon accepted. We love it. Emperor
0: Anzar 54 says, was Commander Vineyard bewitched by Cami, styled like the teenage
1: pop group? <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah i was really intrigued by his reaction to Cami, and listening back to it for the transcript uh pretty recently i was like this seems weird i don't i don't know there was some like things and like we could talk about this uh a sure. little bit there were a couple of things that commander vineyard said that like in the moment didn't like hit me but now in retrospect i'm like I don't I don't know about that I don't some some of the vibes were weird and also this is a thing Eric don't say anything he said something along the lines of like oh Troy you know the the secret about the keys now and that they're like real and like physical objects and that's like a secret that's passed down from king to king how the fuck does this motherfucker know that
2: very true wait did he say that
1: yeah he did
3: Passed down from King King? Man, I edited this. I don't remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: I I don't think it's that clandestine for this particular thing, Julia. I think it's mm-hmm. more like the way that I've been thinking about the keys is that like it's rumor. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously this is the one piece comparison. How like is the one piece real? Or is it just like an ideal for becoming the best pirate you can be? Sure. Or like Atlantis. You know, or a city of gold, like mm-hmm. it fuels people to go exploring. But is it actually real? Right. Or even the the temple, or like um the what's the Jesus chalice? Holy Grail. Yeah, like it's the whole. Imagine it like the Holy Grail,
4: mm-hmm. like
3: a, the Jesus chalice.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Jesus chalice.
3: <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the Holy Grail, and I think that. Can you find it? Is it important? Does it have powers? It's interesting to think whether it does or doesn't. And knowing that the keys are real, I think, is the thing that let's assume is a top secret document for our American government equivalent.
1: Yeah. The folder that says, as Brandon said, whether or not aliens are real.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Just one piece of paper. Yes Just or one no? Piece of paper. Yeah. That's it. <laughs>
2: That's the only reason I want to become president, Julia.
1: Because you want to know if aliens are real or not? Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's
3: I think fair. we've established they are. I think the U.S. Yeah. government has told us that no one cares.
1: Yeah.
2: No. That guy's no. a fucking liar and a shamster.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> All What's right. a shamster? Is it someone who has a lot of, like, shams?
2: You know, uh, like Amanda, shams? it's a word that I say that came out that's not a word. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> It is now. I'm picturing like a, like a flasher opening his coat and in the insides, a bunch of pillow shams. And I'm like, Ooh, sham! wow. <laughs> All
4: right.
3: Hey, uh, you want to come over here? You want any uh, decorative pillowcases?
1: <laughs> yes, I do. Now I kind of do. Thank I got you. silk. I got nylon. I got cotton.
3: Uh, I, this is, this is two fifty thousand silk sheets. Whoa. <laughs> you didn't even know it went up that high, but I got it on the black market. <laughs>
0: Here's one from Millie Mansloth. I'm really curious what everyone thinks of Audrey right now. From Commander Vineyard, we know she's got very high body counts in order to build her army. But does the crew have any active suspicions about what she's doing? Audrey and the crew's paths seem intertwined, even if there isn't
1: a pattern to the map yet. The thing about Audrey is... She's a really good friend,
3: friend and she's totally fine. And I don't know why everyone's so mean.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what Cammie would say. But I also (laughs) want to point out, like, the only person we know that she has turned people into zombies, like confirmed zombie horde, is one, Radbert who sucked and two, the cultists who tried to kill us on Eska. We didn't see her transform anyone on Book Depository. We didn't see her necessarily turn any of the, I assume, massive amount of dead people from Small Key Island into zombies. So I don't, I don't know if I like necessarily, like, and this is probably just Cammy talking through Julia. I don't think she's necessarily done anything, like, super terrible in terms of killing people <laughs> yet. She... <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But Cammie has convinced me, Julia, that, like, Audrey could still be good.
2: I think, I, th- I think the way I'm understanding that, and Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, is that, like, even right now, like, everything that would be quote unquote confirmed by a witness is still very like mythical it's like
4: mm-hmm. did
2: that actually happen like who is this person like you know there's still an air of mystery around her so you know it's like what can you take as fact and what can you what can you take as fiction you know
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: besides the stuff that we've
3: seen of course i will not confirm anything okay
4: <laughs>
1: all right fair enough i'm gonna hold out hope Cammie wants her best friend to be cool.
3: <laughs> Julia, can you just like write down this moment an episode just in case we need to re- reference it later? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> okay. I simply won't.
3: Okay. Julia,
2: so... very important question. Do you think Radbird was a dick before he was turned? Or yes. do you think that he was turned and then became a dick?
1: I think Radbird sucked before he was turned. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. That's my hot take. I
3: want to zoom back to where all three of you were like, Radbert is so cool. I love that guy. No, I, no. Eric, no, that no, no, never no. changed for me. From,
1: from the beginning, I thought Radbert sucked. I just liked the fun voice you were doing for him. <laughs> hey,
3: DM tip out there. Disguise your enemies by doing a cool voice.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's like going back to Amanda being like, I like Hondo. He seems like a cool guy.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Brandon's like, hell yeah. Star Wars names this campaign.
4: Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Here's one from Mage Silverleaf. I want to know about when Troy was talking to Three Lips and he said he was out on the sea for the Breakstones and was planning on returning after two years. But now it seems like people genuinely thought he was dead. And he's also said that since he's just out for the vibes and just wants to be here, can you clarify a little bit from Troy's perspective? Uh, Yeah, so Troy was uh, simply making up an answer as he went along to Three Lips. Uh, he was saying to Three Lips, oh, don't worry about it. I'm totally here with permission. Whereas in my brain, I think he probably just like left a note on uh, Hyperion's desk being like, becoming a pirate. See ya. And <laughs> they simply assumed he was dead because why would he ever go out to sea to be a pirate? That sounds like a kidnapping ransom note excuse or, mm. you know, a murder victim excuse. Uh, and then never talk to any of his family for six months to a year. Why would he do that? that? Why would he ever do that? Why would anyone ever do that? How did he know how to write, how to write that note? We'll never know. Um, so yeah, that's my headcanon here and so it makes all the sense in the world why in troy's mind he was like what i'm being a pirate i told him in my note everything's fine and then they're like no no we thought you were fully dead <laughs> Yeah. I
2: love the idea yeah. of a murder victim. What did you say? What was the what was the phrase you said? Murder victim excuse. Murder victim excuse, excuse <laughs> yes. for being murdered.
1: Like don't no, it's more like a hey don't like the murderer leaves a note being like hey don't look for me. I'm I'm leaving town. I so realized what
3: Amanda yeah. meant and it made sense. <laughs> but right. the literal words were very <laughs> funny, cool, cool, Julie. Cool
1: cool. Yep. Cool, cool 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 cool. All right, great.
3: It's like, "Oh no, Jason didn't do it. He left a note saying, oops, sorry, he wrong a house."
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
0: that's my uh, that's my perspective there. Does that make sense to you guys too? Yeah. yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And I don't know this to be true, but I imagine like in a world like Verticello, if you just don't show up for like a year and a half, you're like, they're probably dead.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> you know? how most people are. Like if someone went missing for a year and a half, you would presume that they probably died. Yeah,
3: Exactly. I think with the crags, I think I could like answer four different answers for that. Is like if you were a citizen in a, in four different countries and you disappeared for a year, what would they assume? In the mm-hmm. crags, they'd assume you were dead. In Overstock, they assume that like God took you or you were on like a spirit walk. <laughs> you're still walking the to <laughs> town. You just walk yeah. here. You're just like walking around. In Hot House, they assume you're just oh he's working on something hot right now. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't talk to him. He's
1: got a project. No one talks to him.
3: Yeah, and that I think in open field. It's like, oh, uh, you got reincarnated. Now you're a leaf that everyone poops on. Congratulations. Oh, Oh, no. no. The same leaf? Yeah. (laughs) Or
1: you were cursed by a witch, you know? It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One way or another, the path will find you again. Mm. (laughs) You're always on the path no matter where you are.
2: It's like that horror movie. It follows.
3: (laughs) This yeah. is
1: great, great, cool,
3: You cool. walked into a cornfield and the corn all had faces and then ate you. So uh it happens. Oh. What are we Yummy?
1: gonna do? Well I'm the popcorn this time,
4: bitch.
1: <laughs> sometimes words sometimes words come out of my mouth and I'm like, Julie, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Made sense to me.
3: It also made sense to me. That was good. I great. liked it. Great. No notes. Yeah, you know that like there's like a wives club that's like She's a popcorn now, bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of someone's group text, so yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dominique wants to know, on a scale of rehydrated raisin to mummified fruit, where's Havana at right now?
1: Well, he's, he, he's currently in the sea, so he's probably rehydrating.
0: And salty. That's true. By the end of episode 24, he's fully in the water, so that, mm-hmm. that will help him
1: somewhat with his dehydration. Yes, yes. He's fine. He's fine, though. We dropped him off in the shallows.
2: You know, in the in the cocktail bars where you get one of those dehydrated fruit slices, that's
3: what he is, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We said yeah. that in a couple times in the episode too. We're just like, he's like a cocktail orange, it's fine. <laughs> Normally he's normal, but
3: yeah. yeah. He's always on various scales of that because he's a soft boy. So I oh, think it's is. just very
1: funny. That's sweet lad. And
0: Eric Photo Prince Elliot wants to know what kind of animals live in the boiling reef? Is it like a regular coral reef but hot? Are there fish? Ooh. Now certainly, photo Prince Elliot. I don't know what a fish is, so that does not exist here in Stella.
3: I was thinking about this post. Uh, post playing Dredge, which uh, everyone should just goddamn play. Is it's now a touchstone of this campaign. You should all go play it.
0: They have passive mode for all the Amandas out there, so nothing is gonna bite
3: you in the dark. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is a volcanic terrain in Dredge where you can get volcanic fish so it's like super weird i think it all has to do with like blanching like all the fish are like blanched plants and vegetables and stuff so it's like i imagine they're like really brilliant colors but and can survive in the plumes and it also Mm -hmm. is a reef for sure i think it's like a super hot reef it's very colorful but also very scary i just think that we never got to a point where this came up since we're kind of like on the outskirts of the reef. Listen, if eventually there will be a problem where you are in the boiling reef, there's stuff there. There's certainly stuff there. It's just right now we're we're out here avoiding plumes of boiling hot water and no yeah. one is getting close enough in there to figure it out.
1: Yeah, no, and we don't want to because that seems like a path towards death.
3: Seems like a big ouchie.
1: Seems like a big ouchie. Not a big fan of big ouchie, personally.
3: If we're still talking about this particular episode, I really, really liked. How I was really trying to scare y'all about like, if you don't move, you will die if Mm -hmm. something needs to happen as quickly as possible.
0: That was really good.
3: Yeah. So shooting the signature ring over was really cool. But it's like, hey, if you don't move, this thing is built on top of a geyser. So so you should probably figure that out.
0: Yeah. And Eric, if you want to just put a fine point on that, A through Z asked mechanics wise, what was the steam doing in that scene?
3: Yeah, no, it was just going to burn you all up and you were going to have a problem.
1: No, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah.
0: It happens. Uh, no, it was really good. I really felt the tension escalating. It was really interesting to be like, I don't I don't think anyone's ever questioned Troy like that. Like even with his wings out, he's like, what? You don't, I'm his brother. Like, what do you want? So uh, it was really fascinating and I really felt that urgency. But guys, let's go on into the kitchen. I will refill our smoldering hot artichoke dip. Ooh! And I'll yeah. be right back after that for more After Party. Hello, everybody. It's Amanda coming at you from rainy New York City. Welcome to the mid-roll, where we would like to thank, first and foremost, our newest patrons, Jackson and Patrick. Welcome to both of you. We can only make this show because of our patrons, period that's all there is to it. If you want to join and support the podcast, but also get things like our every other week podcast party planning, audio and video versions, Julia and I just uh, planned a bunch of haunted houses using a sort of randomized um, adjective generator and some cards from betrayal at House on the Hill. God, it was so fun. You can get that and the uh, 51 episodes of party planning that came before it at patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, uh, Eric is just home from a weekend at Big Bad Con, where he and his Games and Feelings co-host Jasper Cartwright were meeting several of you and hanging out with all kinds of game-related people. And if you would like to listen to Jasper and Eric tackle different questions about games each week, you should listen to games and feelings, the advice podcast about games, where Eric and a revolving cast of guests answer your questions at the intersection of fun and humanity. Since you know, you do have to play games with other people most of the time. They have so much incredible stuff, including the 2020 hit show, what's your favorite Pokemon and then I say something nice about you, which I love the most. New episodes come out every Friday, so subscribe to Games and Feelings wherever you get your podcasts, or at gamesandfeelings.com. We are sponsored this week by Twenty Sided Store. This is, of course, my friendly local game store. That can also be your friendly local game store if you want to order from them online. Now, I got my first ever flat in my uh, my bike tire the other day, and so I took it down to my bike shop, which just so happens to be a breezy walk away from 20 sided store. So while they repaired my tire, I was browsing around 20 sided and checking out all of the incredible accessories and games that they have to offer. They are seriously so good. They're the best. If you want to get a quiet year, a fiasco, dice, zines, anything you have to think about, you can get there. New uh, cards, your favorite new releases, and your favorite classics. So if you don't have a friendly local game store near you, or you just want to support Join the Party's longest-standing sponsor, you can do that by going to 20sidedstore.com, spell out that word 20sidedstore.com, and use the code PIRATE for 20% off your order. Or if you go in person in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, just mention join the party for 20% off. And finally, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. There are lots of times for me when racing thoughts keep me up at night. It happened to me last night at about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, Not nice, uh, brain. And... It's just like the time that my brain wakes up and it's like, good to go. Let me think about every mistake we ever made, everything we have to do, uh, everything that I'm not proud of, and uh, ways that I should have dealt with things in the past. And it's not helpful. It's not productive. My brain is trying to look out for me, but it's making my life harder. And so that's some of the stuff that I talk through in therapy. It is something that I rely on every week. I feel off when I don't have it. And I really, really appreciate that therapy helps me not just deal with low moments and bad times in life, but to learn kind of positive skills to get better in the future. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/join the party. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, folks, we are back to talk all about episode 24 and a bunch of really interesting game and character questions.
3: Amanda, did you check on my roiling beef that I had in the crock pot?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, there was no steam escaping that was going to burn me imminently. So I think it's good to go.
3: Okay, good, good, good. I don't
0: know how you got this, like, to hook up. You know that
2: game, um, like, where you have an elephant that shoots butterflies in the air and you capture them with a net when you were a kid? did you uh-huh. that? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how you yeah. got the artichoke dip to do that into my mouth, Amanda, but...
3: Uh, <laughs>
1: that's it's... just a fountain, Brandon. Brandon, that's just a fountain.
2: No, but it's a better fountain because it's an elephant.
3: <laughs> Wait, so, are, so it's an elephant and also you're using a butterfly net to catch the artichoke dip? Well, the
2: butterfly net is my mouth. But yes,
1: Mm -hmm. And the butterflies are chips covered in uh, spinach artichoke dip. All right, I see the logic now, Brandon.
3: Brandon, can you get Lauren on the horn just in case you choke uh, during this whole thing? (laughs) I feel like this is a choking hazard. It's worth it to die. It's fine.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Sometimes spinach artichoke dip, worth it to die.
3: This is where Umby is at in his journey. He's like, I don't know. Let's eat artichoke dip. It's fine. (laughs) 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 Love
0: that for him. All right, lots to talk about in this episode.
3: I think the- Oh, before before we move on, can we- I want to talk about something. What's up? Yeah. Hey, I just want everyone to know that I, in the 10 minutes before we started the episode, I ended up rewriting the entire military alphabet for Vertistello.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. changed it up now?
3: No, I, yeah, I just did it. Now, it had, <laughs> they came up during the episode. And I don't think anyone noticed because no one knows about the uh, military alphabet. Or some people said uh, because X-ray is the same, but it's X-ray of a plant. Yeah, uh-huh. I just rewrote the entire military alphabet because I thought it would be funny for Troy and the uh, craggish outpost to talk to each other like that. Ah,
1: uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. It, Yeah, it was, that was in, in the there because yeah. I
2: didn't even realize what you were doing because I was like, I forget the one, but I was like, that's a silly Verbena. letter for, fu- yeah, yeah it was, v, for v, a fucking... v was Verbena
3: and you're like, that's a dumb one. I'm like, I, I rewrote it. Okay. And I was like, and oh, oh like, shit, we no,
4: know. that's awesome. I thought that was real.
3: <laughs> no, I just wanted to put a fine point on it. It's like, this is the things that I do five minutes before we play sometimes. Yeah, it was How? brilliant.
1: How? Seven. I don't get it. In In five minutes? Come on, man. Leave some creativity for the rest of us, bro. I
3: refuse. <laughs> 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 then beg.
0: <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, talking about your unique brain, only the best boy wants to know. What's the deal with them greenhouse brains? How long has that idea been in Eric's head? And what the hell? Also. <laughs> Good.
3: Good. This was inspired by the cranium rats, a very a very cool monster that you might have known from The Monster Manual, or at least one of the expansions, basically like the plot, the stuff from the Forgotten Realms is that mind flayers take a bunch of rats, put cool brain powers into the rats. They have psionic powers, blah, blah, blah. They're rats where you see their brains exposed. And I kind of wanted like a swarm type thing on the boat. I wanted all of the sailors to be connected in this sort of way. And I kind of worked in reverse. How would this make sense in Vertistello? How would a cranium rat exist in this way? And there we go. Yeah, brain extra powered up and exposed with the greenhouse. Yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. It's cool as fuck, man.
0: So fun. Casey says, first off, uh, brains are just human, but green is very funny. But also, what if green frog brains looked like the Pokemon Tangela?
3: Yeah. I, I think... I mean, it's all funny. <laughs> Every single thing is funny. I do think that it's a little rooty and, and there's like a lot going on in there. But I thought it was like you could go in the two different directions. It's like either like, yeah, it's all it's all plants in there. But I thought it was funny. It's like, no, they're just brains, but green. I just thought it funny. It is
1: fun. It is. Eric, the roots are the nervous system of the body.
3: Sure. Yeah. We haven't talked about it, but I still have that canon all the way back from the world building episodes where like you can have like a tea ceremony, like mm-hmm. the way that people eat is like a tea ceremony where they put the food and the drink on the ground and you put your feet in it because you that's how yeah. the roots absorb.
1: We got to yeah. do that again. I've had point. a sore throat all week.
0: And so I've been honestly fantasizing about that. <laughs> Here's a question from Helen about an aspect of episode 24 that I loved. So uh, Helen says, I'd love to hear about how you went about constructing the heist and deciding what to show us in the audience. Mm. There was a gap after Eric took off his headphones for the gang to plan that we didn't hear. But how much was Eric looped in for having a role play Havana, for example? And at what point were the flashback scenes planned? This was Mm. so much fun. So take us through what happened.
2: I I can talk about that from an editing perspective, too. Please. Um, Because uh, there was like mm, 20 minutes of audio that Mm -hmm. I didn't end up using because...
0: Show us the tapes, Brandon. Show us the cuts.
1: (laughs) Open the vault. Show us the fuck cut, Brandon.
2: We talked about it in the moment during the session afterwards, but I was like, I'll maybe add this in at the end if there's anything interesting and if it's worth it. But like the episode was already at the end. I was like, even without it, it was already like 80-something minutes. So I decided not to do it. But from the tape... And Eric, I want to know what your thought process was. But from mm-hmm. the tape, we talked through the basic stuff of the heist and how the heist, as a framing device, was going to be used. And then we just decided to like show the scenes instead of showing the planning of the scenes. And we didn't plan those flashback scenes at all. Those were improv. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. What was also funny is those twenty minutes were all in character. And then I'm like, we don't need like. Let's just do it. Let's yeah. just see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then we were all like, "Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, that's good."
3: There, <laughs> yeah, that's very much from a Blades in the Dark thing which again is a tabletop RPG specifically about running heists and the thing that I've taken the most from that is this flashback mechanic where you're not supposed to plan the heist you're supposed to offer up some sort of resource in exchange for doing a flashback
4: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you get
3: some of those for free just in terms of the planning like what would happen with Havana is like oh yeah you just say this and this is what happened in Havana is ready blah 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 but then it's like you always have this ability to do a flashback it's like oh I actually have this in my pocket or this door is unlocked because we scoped it out the day before and I set something up. Mm-hmm. So that's always gonna be a resource and it's it's fun taking things from other tabletop RBGs and making this stuff work because that's why heist movies are great and Listeners, I'm glad you felt the flow because, again, everything about action scenes in Dungeons & Dragons, I feel is about keeping momentum up, Uh, whether you're doing a fight or it's initiative or doing something that's, like, not combat necessarily but requires a lot of roles. So it's like, let's just, you know, let's do it. Let's just do it and see what happens. I'll let you do what you want to do as long as the roles fit. And Mm -hmm. I think that's that's worthwhile.
1: Yeah, no, I think that is a really good way of kind of approaching a, a heist in a lot of ways because, like, you know you're not going to Ocean's Eleven it plan the whole thing from the beginning with every contingency. That's just not going to work, you know?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if you did that, things go wrong anyway as demonstrated by Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) So so it's like, that's the whole thing. I think my favorite thing, also another thing I took from Blades of the Dark is like, I I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a circle where it's divided where then you make pieces of a pie
1: we've talked about the pie a lot i feel like in in us planning heists and like heist like things like we definitely did it in campaign 2 we're doing it a lot now as well so I, i think it's really a fun mechanic to include in your campaign regardless of what system you're using
3: yeah so like when troy and umby were sneaking up the ship and like rolled middling too bad i'm not mm-hmm. like and then you're dead a gun is on your face and you're shot like you know it's it's how much do people notice until it becomes oh you tripped a wire it's over
0: i Troy almost died three episodes ago so that would have been a little bit too a soon. little bit hard on us
1: but a little <laughs> bit hard on us
3: <laughs> so it's like okay you're sneaking but also you go squeak 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 maybe someone hears you in my brain, even if I i didn't say that, like, I have a pie, and that's one slice, mm-hmm. depending on how you roll.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You guys were not rolling well that episode. Oh, my God, were you rolling badly?
0: <laughs> Seriously. Uh, someone asked in Discord, I didn't include it, but, like, can we auction off our cursed dice? Guys,
1: I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't send <laughs> those dice
0: into your home. Like, there's no amount of money you could pay me to make me inflict that on you.
4: <laughs>
1: it's also, like, you know, dice reset after you play. For a session. So like dice that we're doing badly in one session might not necessarily do badly in the next section. Uh, It's like it's all about the energy you're putting (sighs) into them. Brandon, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Like a stained tablecloth. I leave them in the
0: sun and let them recharge and reset.
3: (laughs) Whatever the three of you need to tell yourselves, it's fine. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever makes you happy.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, Eric Malik and Sloth wants to know what goes through your head when we ask you to take off your headphones. Do you
1: try to speculate about what we're talking about? Have you been liking that? I've been trying to make you do that more.
3: Yeah, it's fun. I make you guys do it all the time. I like it. I mean, I the all you want as a DM really is that there are scenes where you don't have to speak, and your players talk to each other about what to do whether it's out of play or during play. And like, I'm sure that a lot of you home DMs get to enjoy this and you could just like sit here and watch them do it. But it's like, I want to be surprised for tape. So that's why I take my headphones off. Like I would sit here and have my headphones on anyway and let you do it. Like that would be so vindictive of me to like under, try to like chop block your plans. Mm. If the four of us were in a home game, I would just like sit there and listen to you and just be like, yeah, that all sounds great. Or, or you could send me out of the room. I'd go hang out in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, like it's all, it's all good. It's all good.
1: Well, like I, like I've said to you so many times, I ask you to take your headphones off because I don't want you counter planning against my plan. I want you to be genuinely surprised by our plan. Yeah. Yeah. I Julia,
3: I'm telling you, I would not counterplan. I'm I telling you, you can still have my headphones off because Julia much like a safe cracker is incredibly paranoid and doesn't want me to fuck with her because Correct. listen, I fuck with you when you tell me to because you love it. Yeah. Uh, so I would never counterplan. I would never counterplan your stuff.
0: Consent mm. is important in <laughs> role playing games.
3: I'm like I'm like Batman where it's like yeah, I do know all the ways how I would murder you if I needed to, but I don't because you haven't turned against me. So it's fine.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I
2: think what's what's a fun thing for players to do, like and we what I talked about earlier when we talked to Mike a little bit, what we were doing is that the players were discussing multiple options that we had to do. So yeah. Eric heard like four or five options, but Eric didn't know which yep. option we were going to go with. Yeah. And so like that's a fun way to include your DM, but also give that element of surprise, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially since Eric had to play a NPC that was part of our plan. Right, exactly.
3: Right, exactly. And I kind of like that. It's like Havana only needed to know what he needed to know.
0: Exactly.
1: I think
3: there's a very big difference, like just in terms of whether or not I would counterplan. If you said this stuff in front of an NPC who was unreliable or who was working against you, yes, I would counterplan against you because that information would go out. If it's just out of play, I think that that's out of bounds. It's like yeah. well, you're, that's like spying on someone's practice. You know what I mean? That feels a <laughs> yeah. little bit like over the line. So I yeah. wouldn't even I wouldn't do that. Everyone's on the all same right. team trying to have fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except for me, I'm the Patriots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, listen, you know, Eric gets to surprise us with cool plot things all the time. Sometimes I want to surprise him with fun plot things that we're doing. So that's
2: why I think it's worth it to do. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love it.
3: I love being surprised. It's 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 it's, it's great. That's what I'm saying, is like of course i love it it's great it's great because yeah. i also love destroying you emotionally and then building you back up with a beach episode
4: yeah
0: <laughs> and we also get surprised very often by brandon's editing choices and so here <laughs> is another sip of question broth for you brandon um malignant sloth says i was wondering if brandon wanted to say anything about the cool creative editing choices that have been going on recently there was cammy in the beginning of the skill tree Whooshing between the scenes in Boiling Reef 2, and the most haunting background version of Row, 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 Your Boat I've ever heard. (laughs) Those are just the ones off the top of my head, but I just think the audio editing around those moments and many more recently have been so cool.
1: Yeah, Brandon.
2: Thank you for the compliments. And I will not take credit for the whooshing thing, because one, that's just like common language, audio language, but also we talked about it in the episode. So like, I think... It was either Eric or just all four of us were like, let's whoosh. The Cammie thing was because one of the cliffhangers was tighter of the previous episode uh, without Cammie taking a few minutes to go heal. Um, but I obviously want to make sure the audience knows that Cammie did heal <laughs> Troy. Yeah. Um, so that was the idea of just like, hey, we're reversing time here to say like Cammie did in fact heal Troy and now we're back in situ sort of like a flashback situation. That was what I was hoping to do at least. I
1: think it came across really cool. I thought it was a really interesting way to be like, hey, here's something that you might have missed last episode. Uh, yeah. and now before we go into it, Troy's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And anytime I for me at least anytime I put music behind a thing like that, it means like to me it's like this is like a scene being played, you know mm-hmm. like a like a tape being played. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> thank you for noticing this. I've been waiting t- for, to use this fucking version of Row, Row, Row Your Boat for <laughs> 20-something episodes now.
1: <laughs> did you find it and you're like, I must
2: use it? Yep. Same thing I did for season two. It began this season. I went through my resources and just pulled a bunch of music that I could use for the season. It's a acapella version, basically. Of Or there's some music, but like basically like children like singing Row, Row, Row. And yeah. it was totally... In the, in the song itself, it's totally just normal. Like, it's not supposed to be creepy. But I was like, this is the creepiest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Fuck
1: yeah, man. Fuck yeah.
2: And I've been waiting for a moment where things are, like, normal but off. And I felt like this was, like, that moment of, like, what happened? Why is there no door in the back of the boat? Or oh, why is there, July. like, a, a door to nowhere <laughs> in the back of the boat? What's up with these greenhouse brains? Like, this is a perfect moment to be like, reality is weird. Yeah, they
0: were noticing Cammy and the thruple, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So
2: I'm glad it was effective.
3: <laughs> oh my God, the door. The door is so funny. That was so funny.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, the first item
1: in Spoil the Plank is what the fuck is happening with this door. So <laughs> that fucking door. That fucking door. That's not a spoiler, but God, that fucking door. Oh my God. <laughs> Players, Eric, anything else about these
0: episodes before we get into some larger game and character questions about Bertistella?
1: Nah, I just love the setting of the Boiling Reef, and I'm really excited that we get to explore it a little bit more, both in this little heist that we're doing and and beyond.
2: Yeah, I just want to say that, yeah, this setting has been, I mean, all the settings are fun, but yeah, I think this has been super uh, imaginative and, like, really fun to to play in.
3: Thanks. 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 You're welcome. Thanks. Uh, no, I, I just really like the Boiling Roof. I'm kind of glad this how it shook out. I didn't really know what was going to happen necessarily once we got to the outpost. This one really built itself forward because it wasn't, it, this is like almost a side quest built in to get to the Divine Labyrinth. So I've just been kind of enjoying seeing how this has come together a little bit. Like, and with a heist, it's, it's, it's like a dungeon, right? You set it up and then you see what happens. So I haven't really planned that much. So a lot of this stuff is kind of on the fly based on what you do.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like I can only plan the setting. I don't know what's going to happen necessarily. It's like, yeah, there's traps and there's enemies and there. And I know the layout of the boat, but I don't know what you're going to do. And I can't know. This arc has felt pretty loose. I'm very interested to see where it's going to go.
0: Hell yeah. Here's a question from Glass Cat Owl. Uh, If Havana Tropicana dies, does the team get a new medic, or will that just encourage them not to
1: take care of their NPCs? I would never let Havana Tropicana (laughs) die. I simply wouldn't. I would go on a fucking quest to bring back Havana Tropicana.
2: Sometimes you throw a bomb at a ceiling, and then Havana Tropicana gets hit by a big boulder and dies.
1: And then I kill Umbi for throwing bombs.
0: (laughs) You want us to kill more? Great. Chop, chop, chop.
3: <laughs> no, Havana and Tropicana will not <laughs> do it. Havana Tropicana will die. Absolutely. Okay, uh,
0: Glass Cat Owl, Eric, would like to make a counteroffer, though, which is, can Havana's eventual ascension to godhood involve him being candied and enrobed in dark chocolate, please and thank you?
3: Mm. Yeah, that sounds tight. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. That's pretty
1: good. <laughs> shit, shit.
3: Sometimes if you ask Santa what you want, sometimes Santa gives it to you. Like, what are you going to say?
1: Damn. Damn Santa.
3: (laughs) Damn Santa. Fred
0: Awesome wants to know, will there ever be a cola-powered boat? And was the emergency move the boat button another reference to One Piece a la coup de burst? All of these words make no sense to me. Eric, you tell me.
3: It's totally fine. There's a cyborg man named Frankie who, like, does work on the boat. Uh, So And there is a burst powered by Cola. Uh, The answer is no, but man, I love stealing things from other IP and putting it in this game. I'm not going to tell you what it is because then you'd figure it out. But like, hey, anyone who runs games out there, just steal stuff and then put it in your setting. Yeah, why not? Because either they'll get the reference or they won't get the reference and then you'll look smart. That's fine.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not stealing. That's just how art works, baby. That too. That's just how art works. Yeah,
3: it's just art. It's just art. I, I went to... No, actually, go ahead. No one wants to hear about how when I went to the museum.
1: I mean, I, fair I enough, know, but fair
0: we tally. do
3: after the recording, maybe. Yeah.
1: What are you a nerd like, Cammy?
3: Yes, the answer is yes. That was, yeah. that moment was so funny too to me because arella was like why would you go there it's like a museum the fucking worst because all i do is fuck and you're like i like museums shut up and then (laughs) going forward is like so so the divine labyrinth is a museum and it's like no it's not i never said that
1: (laughs) you said it's like a museum It's like Cammie's like, oh, like a
3: museum. It's it's informative. It has a lot of stuff there. And Arella was like, it's like a museum. It's boring and sucks and nothing's there.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: Uh, guys, one more sip of question broth here. What would or does Dr. Bertha Bones think of Nani?
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: and then they say, respectfully wondering, if we can get a Piestens. But <laughs> Julia, I, I wonder what you think, because I think Dr. Bertha Bones would be like, especially with the whip like without the whip a creature that's nice uh, unless you're going to lob off one of those arms give me something to work with here i don't know what i can do for you with the whip oh baby
1: <laughs> i think dr bertha bones would say why stop at one whip you're right what if all legs were whip we need eight we need eight <laughs> why not nine <laughs> why not nine? <laughs> You're exactly right why not nine? I miss Doctor Bertha. Bones. Let's do a we round go back to
3: that. Ten. 10 whip legs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Put one on the forehead like a unicorn. We'll get eleven.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, that's that's my answer to that question. But I was also, uh, Eric, thank you for letting me use my abilities in such a wild way. I su- I super appreciate it. I love, someone pointed out in, in chat was like, Julia said something along the lines of, uh, I just know how to use the the like abilities I have before me. Getting to use them in ways that Valdas probably did not intend is my favorite fucking shit. Can I tell
3: you, though, I bet Valdas did, in fact, intend this. Like, Valdas is written by Mage Hand Mike, and those guys run Games like they know is like Mm. part of, I think, the fact that spells are so OP in fifth edition is like if you write anything into a spell there's someone's going to use it in a weird way like this is not a move from pvta right Mm -hmm. where it's integrated to who you are like a spell is just like i'm a magic user so i can do this and break your game like you're Mm -hmm. just going to assume that that's the case so i am like i know that you're thankful but i'm like yeah no that totally made sense you're right like as long as the spell does not explicitly say otherwise like it cannot be magic items blah 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 like that that it totally made sense to me
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's like an important part of how I'm playing this campaign is I am specifically trying to lean as hard as possible into the Valda's abilities and new spells and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think I've taken a total of maybe three out of all the spells that I know spells that are from like vanilla D&D and all the other spells that I've used have been uh, from Valda's guide. Like, original to Valda's Guide.
2: Are you telling me that Candy Blast isn't from regular D&D?
1: It's not. It's mm. not. It's a Valda's original.
2: <laughs> hey, remember when you Candy Blasted <laughs> on the boat via body? Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Isn't that like when you drink too much and you drink too much tiki drink so it's really sweet and then you vomit off a boat? That's what yes. we call Candy Blasting. That's, that's, that's what Candy we call Blasting. It. Candy yeah. Blasting.
1: And it does create difficult terrain. Yeah, like rally.
3: like we, we were in Boston and Brandon and Julia candy blasted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Whoops>. <laughs> Julia, you brought up that comment about you using what you have well. And Saveman wants to know how all of us remember all of the pieces of our character. Items, spells, character traits, reach, and dice, etc. So Julia, you've talked a bit about your system and you have mm-hmm. there a handful of spell cards.
1: I do. And it's not just spell cards, it's all of my abilities. And I, before we play, I do arrange them by like spells, uh, hexes, ability, like innate abilities. I have a little like checklist for my spell count so that I don't like use stuff that I have already used and I can keep control of those. And then I have like magical items on the side. So, like, I very much think that like having a system that works for you and like being able to physically see all of the stuff in front of me is something that. I find really useful as a player.
0: Brandon, how about you with all your bombs and reagent dice? Uh, I do a similar thing, but just
2: digital. I always have my character sheet up, which has, if not the description of the things, at least like the the name of the things. So everything I have is on that character sheet. Um, and then I have a note, like a digital note, that has like organized list of like potions and bombs and items. And then, yeah, before I play, I just read, quickly read over everything every time before we start. So I remember what's up, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes of course, but, um, I think organization is
0: key and I have a very customized like hacked up character sheet I uh I have to pay for Adobe Acrobat the PDF editor because of work so I use my dark powers um and so I've like extensively edited the character sheet template and so I have basically all of my abilities uh moves my arrows and my ammo count stuff like that relating to combat all on that section of the character sheet and then all my other you know features abilities things that I might need to reference either going in and out of initiative in its own section, everything else in it in a third, just so I don't forget about things like, you know, Troy crits on a 19 or 20. Hasn't happened yet, but it's there and it's right under my, you know, weapons info. So I never forget it.
1: Sometime soon. That'll happen sometime soon. (laughs) Maybe better hope so. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, let's close
0: out with a few questions about the podcast IRL, and then of course we're gonna spoil that. Plank. Eric, you're Ooh. standing for this recording, so it does feel like you're about to walk the plank at any given moment.
3: Yar.
0: vast Cool. Here's one from Roy. How do you guys role play so well while talking to each other on a Zoom call? It really feels like you're in the same room. I work remote and can't even have a normal human conversation sometimes without awkward interruptions. Uh, Roy, let us assure you, uh, it's not us. It's editing. <laughs> uh, that's not It's true. editing, but it's
1: also practice.
0: Yeah. Practice and Google Meet.
2: I think it's a little bit of like 15% editing and then 85% we've been
3: doing this for years. Can I say that actually we're all being really modest. It's 100% Ethernet.
1: (laughs) Direct (laughs) connections.
0: (laughs) Yes. So all of our computers have Ethernet cords. We have no delay. That's important. And we use Google Meet because it silences people who over talk less. It still does. But Zoom does it a lot and it's very frustrating. And so we use Google Meet specifically because it uh, lets us all kind of talk at the same time that Brandon then sorts out later and will sometimes, you know, shift things a little bit. So like I started talking a little bit after I actually did, Um, because a normal conversation, you can pick that up, not a huge deal. But if you're listening in your little earbuds in your brain, that will confuse you. Yeah, exactly.
3: Mm -hmm. Just get Ethernet. It's wild that Internet is like this. Like, know, you got to yeah, be, you have to have an Ethernet and you have to stand, uh, have your computer stand on top of your router. It's wild how, like, rock plus spark equals fire Internet still is in <laughs> yeah, so many yeah. ways.
2: May I recommend getting a gigabit? <laughs>
4: yeah, true. Yeah. Mm, mm.
0: Christian the Just Okay says, can I get a list of green folk for famous NBA players given the recent Dame trade? <laughs>
3: Ugh, do we want to do sports? Is this what we want to do? No, I'm good, actually. Hey, tweet at me. I'll give this to there you. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me instead.
0: Good. At EL underscore Silvero. His name of you is Lucha Libre Wrestler.
3: That's true.
0: Zibazette says, I see you made it to In-N-Out in your trip to LA last week, Eric. Did you also go to King Taco?
2: What is King Taco? I live there. I don't know what King Taco is. We
0: all know that you lived inside... The Coffee Ghosts apartment only for two years and then moved to Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I did get Mm -hmm.
2: to go to In-N-Out, though. I did have In-N-Out.
3: Yeah. Um, I did not go to King Taco. King Taco is over on the other side of the city, so I didn't get a chance to go. Um, But- I did spend time going to In-N-Out because I just like I don't even want to get into a burger wars debate. Like I like In-N-Out. I think In-N-Out is the best burger. But being from New York City, Shake Shack has the best chicken sandwiches, fries, shakes, etc. I think In-N-Out burgers its own are good. And I like ordering the secret menu. I got it protein style for the first time because lately I have been obsessed with lettuce wraps. There's been a sandwich place near us called Anthony and Sons. If you're in New York City, it's Absolutely incredible. And they literally do like half of an iceberg lettuce as the lettuce wrap. That's cool.
0: It's like two inches of lettuce. It's incredible.
3: Wow. And, and I was like, oh, I wonder what In-N-Out does. in and out also does a lot of lettuce. So it actually held it really, really nicely. Um, So I've been a little bit obsessed with that lately. So I really wanted to order a double-double uh, protein style. cool, And yeah, but the thing that actually the the LA food that I'm the most obsessed with is this place called Magpies, which is a soft serve place and man, they have the wildest flavors. I got a swirl of cappuccino and chocolate chip cookie, like Ooh. swirl, swirl. They had a blueberry pie soft serve and I've been saying for oh. years that a dark berry plus confectionery ice cream, you know, there's a marionberry cheesecake from Van Leeuwen, there's a lot of like blueberry cheesecake sort of things that are so good with like the cheesecake like or graham cracker chunks in it like for hard ice cream there was soft serve of it and it tasted the same you could taste the pie the crust in the soft serve it was so good i'm gonna go there again i went with Kristen uh de mercurio friend of the show who who brought me there and now i want to i'm gonna go to a different location today because i want to go so badly it was so so good this looks incredible yeah Um, it's like a local chain it like you know it's not that like ostentatious like i went to a bunch of like fancy like foodie ass restaurants but like this was just like here's a soft serve place it was so good i also went to a bunch of wonderful coffee places too which i always do when i'm out here
0: i love that for you and then uh eric it looks like this one came in through the insta can you give us some context from katie morris my friend just made me this adorable little corn
1: guy can you and the crew help me name him
3: yeah here is a here's a photo
1: Right right off the bat, uh, like before I even see a photo of this one, uh, Colonel mm-hmm. Hominy Maze.
3: <laughs> good. I mean, honestly, honestly, though? No. Yeah.
1: If you gave him a little hat, he could be a colonel.
0: Got but- it in one, Julia. That's Julia, it. Julia,
3: how do you do this?
1: That's it. I don't know. I just thought of corn words. Katie, yeah. good, good, good friend, good guy. Yeah.
3: Uh, my friend Hannah out here has a nine-month-old pug named Colonel Popcorn, and oh. I think similar vibes, similar vibes.
2: Also very good. Hey, guys, how come corn mazes aren't called maze mazes?
0: People have asked this question, Brandon. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, it really mm. is. Yeah. It should just be called mazes with an I. Yeah. Frankly. I think because yeah. a lot of
1: Americans would be like, what the fuck is a maze?" <laughs> it's
0: like That's true. the only indigenous grain to the U.S., fucker. Come on. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I like Amanda holding a knife up to someone's throat. (laughs) Ask me again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's spoil the plank, everybody. Uh, From Dominique, are Cammy and Havana going to try to play the I don't know those guys after the ship saw Umby and Troy jump? Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? You can't tie me to them. (laughs) Am not a goldfish said, maybe the real salmon is the rock grubs you find along the way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's funny who can
4: say i want that on a pillow i want it yeah. on a pillow mm-hmm.
2: eric i'm gonna say this right now if we get to the salmon and it's just one big rock grub
3: it's i'm gonna be so mad i would be so mad <laughs> brandon can i tell you it won't be it won't be All right, good. Good, good good good
0: mel 118 said i don't understand that door at the back of the boat that's what's uh, not at the back of the boat same yeah who can say
3: yeah
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> I like that you guys jumped through it That was my favorite part
1: I, I, get, I get the logic behind it I, I seriously I get the logic behind it I don't think you all were wrong
2: to My try favorite it. part is that we talked on tape of one of us should go through the door and one of us should not. And, and then can't Julia was like, nah, I'm good. So we're like, all right, let's fucking both do it. <laughs> and then we both got fucked. Like we're so stupid.
1: Wait, I d- I never said nah, I'm good. I wasn't with you guys. I couldn't have said nah, I'm good. Sorry.
2: We were like, should one of us go help Cammy? And you were like, I've got it covered. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Which you did. I I did. Yeah. I did.
0: Brandon, if we had showed up, Cammy would be in danger. Yeah. It's good we didn't go. Mm-hmm. It was all uh, for the best.
3: That was so that was so wild. That was so great.
0: And uh finally, Eric, this one comes in from your player, um, Amanda, which is why is this door punishing me? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Um, I how about for how about for spoil the plank here, the three of you, I would like you each to make a prediction about what happened and Julia I you it seems like you already did one turns out that Audrey is not so bad is a good prediction that I could give that one to you Julia put that on tape Brandon Amanda I would like you to give me a big prediction about what you think is going to happen next
2: well I did predict to the aubergine thing but that's not really
3: plot relevant oh that's pretty good no that's a good one I mean you can do it everyone can do another one if you want to double down on that
2: I'll double down on an aubergine as Napoleon
3: Aubergine is a pole. Okay, Aubergine yeah. is a pole. Audrey's not so bad. Amanda, you're the only one who hasn't put a a big prediction on tape.
0: Oh, Eric, that's because I don't like being wrong. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you put a prediction on on a character death, Amanda?
3: Oh my God, you're putting you're putting a, a dark a dark cloud over a. character. No, I don't want
1: to
0: predict a character death.
1: Okay, um, that's fair. Amanda, go- Amanda goes, Troy Riptide. I love sure. the answer is Troy Riptide, yeah.
3: Um, this could be about the keys. This could be about sa- the yeah. salmon. This could be about any of the enemies who are out there. This could be about Lucky Edy. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: I think one of the keys is going to be a metaphor or a word or an answer.
3: Mm, okay. It's a, my, yeah. That's my,
1: that's my big prediction. It's a metaphor.
3: I think,
2: okay, wait, okay, I'm going to add a second one then. I'm going to yes and that and say, one of the keys is a metaphor. One of the keys is a musical key, uh, and then the last key. Let's see what like a key. What's another word for like a key lime or something?
3: Wow, one dang. of them's a lime. Yeah, yeah, that's good. yeah. yeah. That's pretty and good. then we've
1: seen one of them, so it can't be that one.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: All Interesting. Right. I like Interesting. It. All
0: right. Well, folks, that takes us to the end of another bomb after party. It was at the bowling alley after the kids get kicked out, and it was bomb. It was great. <laughs> Loved it. It was the bomb.com.
1: We, we got those it. little
2: ice cream cups that the kids didn't mm. eat.
0: Incredible. Mm.
1: Yeah. Those uh, clearly from frozen fried mozzarella sticks, mm. my favorite childhood memory. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Delish. Hell yeah.
3: Also, if I saw you at Big Bad Con, uh, you're great and I love you. And if I didn't see you at Big Bad Con, go tell a friend about the show because we want more people to know about the show.
0: Yeah. yeah. And guys, I uh, waited for the end of this episode to tell you we got two twenty dollars annual multi-crew members while we were here <gasps> recording the, uh, the podcast. So wow. thank you all for Yay. making it such a successful multi-crew drive. It's been Yay. a marathon couple weeks and y'all really came through for us. So thank you. We love and appreciate you all. Hell yeah. Yeah, we do. All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Later. Mayor Rolls, Trend Ever Upward.